Austin O'Brien of Ghost Key comes to the antidote. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, sitting in a mall. Sitting in a mall. You disappointed me. You said you were going to go and get a coffee. Well, there was a Starbucks here, but I found an Orange Julius, and I was kind of craving a, a smoothie, so I ended up with a smoothie instead. <laughs> I've heard of people that don't drink coffee, but, you know, with me, every ounce of liquid I get in a day is just coffee. I, uh, I usually try to, I try to keep it to one. You have way too much self-control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to stretch your memory a bit here. How about taking us back to the very first song you recorded with Ghost Key? What was that like? Oh boy. Uh, so the very first song we ever recorded was the first song that's on our demo. Uh, it's called Winter, which ended up on the little compilation 2013 to 2014. Uh, the song is called Past Present. Oh, yes. We had no idea what we were doing, so uh, that was pretty interesting. I had never done vocals outside of this band. Uh, we had only been a band for a few months at the time, so it was the first time I had ever had to record vocals. Uh, did it in our friend Troy Sennett's basement, and uh, it was the time. We recorded all four songs in about eight hours. What was that like for you if you're not trained as a vocalist and here you are getting tossed into that role? Um, it was a little frustrating at first. I didn't really even want to do vocals. Uh, wasn't a fan of the idea of having to sort of be at the front and have people look at me the whole time and like pay attention to what I was saying. So, uh, yeah, I didn't want to do it, uh, but I got forced into it because I wanted to play drums and our drummer, Andrew is a far superior drummer to me. So, uh, I lost that battle. Well, I guess really it's only been a few years since those early days. What stayed the same and what's changed for Ghost Key? Um, I mean, I'd say the biggest thing is we're gone a lot more, for sure. Um, when we started the band, we didn't really have any intention of like touring full-time or, or anything of that nature. Uh, really, when we started the band, everything was just kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll just play shows at home every now and then. Like, it's just something to do. No big deal. Um we did our first tour and we got hungry and so yeah i'd say the the biggest thing that's changed is uh we've gone from doing one or two two week tours a year to uh at this point i think we're we're gone almost as much as we're home and ghost key's really been on some pretty incredible tours i mean 2016 you were out with Beartooth, and right now you're touring with silent planet this is just your day off but have you ever had a tour where ghost key just didn't mesh with the other artists um it's never really been an issue for us um one of our first few tours ever was with the pop punk band um so it feels like every now and then we get meshed up with uh, artists that aren't necessarily similar genre wise but we've never had an issue with like people on like a personal level we always do our best to be friendly with everybody on especially the first day of tour just introducing ourselves and uh trying to get a feel where we're at, like on a personal level and I'm sort of just hoping for the best, but yeah, we, we've never really had any issues uh, with uh, things going bad people wise, just always kind of get paired with bands that don't necessarily uh, fit into uh, what we do, but that's a good thing. It must've been funny touring with a pop punk band because your band really fits the hardcore genre, but you know, the unusual part of ghost key is, I guess it's the emotions that come through in your music. Does that relate to you personally? Would you consider yourself to be emotional? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, for me, Ghostkey is about as personal as it gets. Uh, everything that is written lyrically is all stuff that the guys let me write personally. I mean, really, a lot of the times for me, it's basically what would happen if I would write a diary entry, except I just get to yell in front of people, <laughs> uh, which is great. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a great outlet, and it's been great for me. But yeah, I, I would consider myself a, a pretty emotional person. I, I uh, have always been really invested in, in both my emotions and other people's. Uh, so, yeah. One of those emotional songs is Choir Boy from the Things I Am Not EP. I mean, if that had been recorded with a folk style, you'd probably have everybody crying. But where did the song come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's actually it's a pretty tough song. Um, so that song is uh, all based on uh, the last few minutes that I had uh, with my grandmother. Um, she passed away when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Uh, she played a pretty big hand in raising me. I was at her house uh, basically every weekend. Um, and, and she taught me a lot about uh, how to be a good person and, and how to respect other people. And she taught me a lot about humility. So she was, she was a really important figure in my life. Losing her was like a really tough thing for me to deal with as a young kid. And, and to this day, it still is. I know how, how much she was excited to see me grow as a person. And, and she was really invested in the idea that someday I was going to be a musician. She knew that that's what I had always wanted to do. Um, and so the title of the song actually comes, uh, one of the last few conversations we ever had, uh, she just kind of smiled at me and she told me, you know, I always thought you'd be a preacher, but I think that one day you're just going to be a choir boy. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, it was one of the sweetest things she ever said to me and it, and it really stuck with me. And, you know, here I am, uh, almost 10, 11 years later. And I mean, she couldn't have been more right. That's basically who she was to her core. She was always right. <laughs> A choir boy, but uh, maybe not quite in the sense that she was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually, uh, I was, uh, I was a choir boy for uh, from fifth grade to my senior year of high school. I was in choir, so she wasn't uh, all that off the mark. So there, you now you finally admitted that you do have a singing background. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of it too. I, uh, the guy that taught me from fifth grade to senior year, he was a pretty influential figure. So, Ghost Key has bounced around between a couple of labels, but now you've signed with In Vogue Records. Has the band had trouble finding a good fit with a label? Uh, no, I wouldn't say we had, a, uh, had trouble. Um, I, I was really excited when we signed to No Sleep, uh, and I'm still excited that we got to release a record with them. Uh, I love everything that Chris has ever done. And some of the records that came out on No Sleep were some of my favorite records of all time and still are. Uh, so working with him was a great jumping off point, uh, and it was great. Uh, and then, like you said, you know, we've since moved on to In Vogue. And what it really came down to is we just wanted somebody to be as excited about the new record as we were. Um, and we had sent it to a lot of people and, and heard a lot of good things. But uh, ultimately what it came down to is, is we just wanted somebody to be as invested as we are. And uh, when we got an email back from Nick at In Vogue, uh, I mean, we immediately knew this was the guy that we wanted to work with. Um, and so far, it's, it's been a really great experience. So I, I'm really glad that that's where we landed. It must be difficult sometimes as an artist to take those rejections when you're trying to work with a label and they're just not interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, 
sometimes it's a little tough, you know, because you think you see so much in, in what you've done and you've put so much work into it. And uh, But that's, I guess, just sort of the nature of the beast, and, and that's okay. You know, not everybody has to understand what we're doing. Um, I'm just thankful that anybody does it all, honestly. I need to tell you that Ghost Key's new full length, If I Don't Make It, it was rough for me to listen to. And I mean, it's not because of the music, which is great, but it's because of the topics that you bring in. You know, I'm not sure if I'd call it sad or if it's just being kind of darkly realistic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's a dark record, uh, no doubt. And uh, that's that's what we wanted. Or I guess what I wanted. Uh, I'm lucky enough that the guys sort of just let me take whatever direction I want with uh, my lyrics. And what it really boiled down to for me was, um, as somebody who deals with uh, depression and, and anxiety uh, severely, a lot of the times I get a little worried about what people think of me. And, and I'm worried if I say too much or I let on too much uh, that it'll make people uncomfortable. And so I, I've, I've always kind of held back when we wrote and so for the full length I figured you know this is our first full length it's really the thing I think that's going to define us for a long time and so I think it's important to tell my story 100% and to the best of my ability instead of holding back and, and so I kind of just let the floodgates open and, and let it all out. It's almost surprising to have you just admitting that yeah you do suffer from depression. Really mental health issues are kept under wraps for so many people. Yeah, and and that's kind of been a cornerstone of our band for the past few years is is that uh, there is a stigma that follows mental illness. There's definitely a, a sort of hush-hush and a taboo that comes with it. You know, it, it makes people uncomfortable, I think, and, and so they don't always want to hear about it. But uh, I found a lot of freedom in being vulnerable. So I try to encourage people at our shows. I, I, I say that from stage almost every night that I have found a lot of freedom and vulnerability. And uh, I think it's important as, as somebody who has a platform to stand up for something and to fight back. And if I can try to help destroy that stigma, I think that that's a battle I definitely want to fight. I do know that sometimes that can make other people uncomfortable. You know, everybody always asks you how you are and they're just expecting, well, I'm fine. I used to have a neighbor years ago she had some mental health issues and you ask her how she was and she's going to go into detail and tell you about that and at first i did find that uncomfortable but then you just think you know what i asked the question and i deserve to get the real answer is that just people being artificial um i, I think you know I, I i've actually asked myself that question a lot of the times because i've heard it a million times you know how are you um but I don't necessarily think it's people being artificial. I think they do genuinely care, but I think that they're so used to getting that artificial answer that when they get the real one, it comes as a little bit of a shock. With If I Don't Make It being so personal, did that make it a struggle for you to write? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, was, it was definitely tough. I spent the better part of a year trying to decide exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. But I think the hardest part of the entire record was when I started to have to explain it. We got into the studio um, and sat down with our producer. Uh, his name's Chris Galvez. He's the one that did the whole record. And to really try to understand what I was trying to say and to make sure it was as poignant and as visceral, which is a, a word he likes to use a lot, 
as possible and to make sure that I'm painting the best picture that I can. We would sit down and he would ask me questions about specific lines or specific feelings that I was trying to invoke. And uh, I, I think that was the toughest part, but also it was really liberating because I finally got to talk about it, not just write about it. And uh, it, it was really awesome to be able to explain in, in great detail uh, what some of the things that I was talking about meant. It's interesting that you're on tour with Silent Planet because their last album, Everything Was Sound, covers some mental health issues also. Yeah, it's it's a great tour for us, honestly. Um, Everything Was Sound is, is one of my favorite records I've heard in a long time. Uh, I've been telling people this uh, for a while now that they gave me the same feeling that I got when I fell in love with Under Oath, and I think that's because I recognize how real their music is. But I'm really excited to be on tour because of the things that they talk about there in record and, and how close they are to my heart. Um, and Garrett and I, I mean, we're only just a few days in, have already had some some really, really good talks about those topics. So it's very cool and, and very humbling, honestly. Your previous release, The Things I Am Not, included flowers in the cover art. And the new album, If I Don't Make It, shows burning flowers. Now, you don't have some kind of weird flower obsession, do you? <laughs> uh no so uh initially for the things i am not the flowers didn't really hold a whole lot of meaning um it was a concept that our friend troy ruff came up with uh just for cover art and we really liked it we really liked the way it looked uh it was pretty and we we felt like it sort of complemented the music and that uh flowers sort of serve two purposes they're often beautiful but uh at times they can be served up as something a little darker and and uh, especially with the final song on the things I am not being about losing my grandmother, uh, it, it brought to mind all the flowers at her funeral. So uh, we found meaning in it after we had decided what we wanted to do. Um, and with, if I don't make it, uh, the reason there are burning flowers on the cover is, is actually a callback to the things I am not. And it's, it's sort of us saying that as much as we love the band we were before uh, and all the things that we did before, uh, we're in the now and we're living in the now and um, we're sort of just moving past who we were on that record. So mostly it's just a call to take a step forward and not try to uh, live in the past. So many bands are so concerned about maintaining their sound, so much so that they create almost duplicates of their previous releases, but that's not a concern for you. No, not at all. I mean, I, I think that we, we really have a grasp on who we are as a band, and there are certainly cornerstones of what we do. I mean, we use a, a lot of reverb, and we've kind of always loved that, but we're definitely not concerned with trying to remain the same. Uh, we're first and foremost like five individual people who are constantly evolving both personally and, and musically, and I don't think we would be doing any of us justice if we... Uh, just kept trying to write the same record over and over. And, and I think that the evolution on the new record compared to the old record is, is evident. Well, we've been spending quite a bit of time talking about the new Ghost Key album, If I Don't Make It. I'm really curious as to how you chose that as the title for the album. I mean, you got to admit that really it sounds like something you'd hear at somebody's deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it's, it's a pretty cathartic line. Um, and uh, we actually chose the name for the record after we wrote the final song. Uh, and it's the title track of the record. It's If I Don't Make It. 
the final line of the entire record is, if I don't make it, at least you'll have these songs. Uh, and it's both a dark line, but also a hopeful one. Uh, and the reason being is because, you know, dealing with depression, I, I, I don't always know where I'm going to be at tomorrow or the next day or, or six months from now. But really what it boils down to is, is I'm just glad that I wrote that record and that I felt comfortable enough with myself and with our audience that I could finally share every bit of how I was feeling. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a very dark line. It's, it's, like I said, very cathartic. But it really just sort of wraps up the record in the best way possible, I think, and, and kind of pulls it all together and... and it uh, we were really happy with it, and every time I listen to that song, I still get goosebumps. And and uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of the guys for letting me sort of take that step and uh, write something maybe that's gonna make some people uncomfortable. For you personally, how do you handle your depression? Because you've got all the stress of being on the road, you know, being the front man for the band. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, for me, um, it's it's always just been communication. Uh, and, and I have a difficult time with it sometimes, but a lot of the times if I'm, uh, feeling like I'm going to get down or whatever, it's, it's about reaching out for me, whether that's a text message, a phone call. I always try to just let somebody know, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And, and I'm lucky enough to be surrounded with people who are understanding and who are, are there for me. And, and they remind me that they love me. And, and it's, it's, it's a pretty fortunate circumstance, I think. Uh, to have people who care so much about my well-being. If I ever cross the line on any stuff I'm asking about, just tell me to shut up, all right? No, you're totally fine. I, I honestly, I, I love, you know, the deep questions. Uh, it's it's really, it's it's a lot better than just asking uh, the, the run-of-the-mill interview questions. So, yeah, I, I think you'll have a hard time crossing a line with me for sure. <laughs> okay, so let's carry on with another one. Indecision is the first single from the release, but why choose that particular song over the others? Um, so we chose actually for a couple of reasons. The first being that was actually the first song that we wrote as uh, sort of like the new sound or, or, or what have you. It was definitely the first song that we wrote for the record. Um, and the second being, or at least we think, one of a couple songs on the record that were a pretty big change for us and so we wanted to just come out of the gate swinging and showing people that hey this isn't the same exact band that you heard last year or the year before you know we've we've changed and this is who we are now so i think that that song is a, a pretty good jumping off point for where we're at now uh and then moving forward as you you hear the rest of the record i, I think it makes sense even though <laughs> i mean i'm laughing about this because here you are, you're going through a big change in your sound, but it's entitled Indecision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't let that go. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. Honestly, I never even thought about it. There's another song that really stood out for me on If I Don't Make It, the song Solstice. It really got my attention with the line, for so long I have avoided this, buried the thoughts inside myself, made excuses for the things I've said all the wrong things in the right ways. Chasing a new perspective now, I know what it's like to lose. How has your perspective changed? Yeah, um, so actually that was one of those lines I was talking about earlier that our producer uh, really poked and prodded about. Um, 
so the whole song Solstice is about the first record we ever wrote, Winter, and uh, just about moving forward, and, and, it, and it kind of ties into the idea of, of sort of leaving everything in the past and, and constantly moving forward. Um, and those lines specifically are about how I felt about the first record. A lot of the things that I wrote, I didn't really understand a whole lot about what I was dealing with as far as depression. I didn't really understand uh, how much power my words had. And so I said some things that I, I don't necessarily agree with now. And even though when I look back on them, they weren't necessarily a lie. They weren't necessarily wrong. I just don't agree with the way I said them. And that's sort of where that line comes in. All the right things in the wrong ways. <laughs> Something else that I found interesting on your new full length is that you've re-released the song Attention to Detail. Because that originally came out from the Ghost Key EP 2013 to 2014. So obviously the song must mean a lot to the band. Why re-record the track? Yeah, so uh, the reason we re-recorded it is we were actually going to re-record both that and 333. Um, but after doing about half of 333, we realized that it didn't really fit in with the feel of the record. But the biggest reason we re-recorded Attention to Detail was those two songs never got a physical release. Um, they were recorded as singles that were supposed to come out on a six-way split uh, on a 12-inch LP. And we had finished our tracks before anybody else did and kind of sat on them for a while. And then we got the word that, oh, well, it's not actually going to happen now. So we had two new songs that we didn't really have anything to release them on. Uh, so we just ended up doing a music video for 333 and then putting both songs on the Internet just as sort of singles to tie people over. And the second reason that we wanted to release it is because our friend Sam had a pretty big help in writing those songs. Uh, Sam played guitar for us for about six months, but during that time, and we, we wrote both of those songs. And he had always really wanted to see something released on a physical medium. And it, it just felt like it would be really cool to re-release Attention to Detail, record it the way we play it now, but still as an homage to him and, and how much he helped us kind of move forward at the time. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to hand him a record and, and just say thanks. Wow, like 333, that's probably one of the saddest, harshest sounding songs I've ever heard. <laughs> that's a rough ride to go through that song. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely a tough song. It is a song we've played for a long time and a song that I still love very much. As I, as I think about it more and more, the only reason we're going to stop playing it is because we want to constantly be moving forward and we don't want to focus on the past too much. And there are songs on the new record that deal with the same emotions that I, I had when I wrote that song. And uh, I want to focus on those more now than, than I do on 333. But I'm glad that song exists and I'm glad that it will always exist because it was first and foremost a coping mechanism uh, to deal with the death of my friend Brant. And... Uh, it, it, it has served its purpose and continues to serve its purpose for me, whether or not we play it on stage. Because effectively, then, that's almost mirroring what's happening for you now with If I Don't Make It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess I should be asking you, how do you get the new album? Where do you find that? Um, so you can get the record pretty much anywhere. In Vogue Records has an online store. You can go to Merch Now and go to the InVogue Record Store. You'll be able to purchase it there. 
Um, and you should also be able to purchase it in Best Buy and FYE or order it online through them, uh, which is honestly really cool for us. That's a, a big first. So we're pretty excited about those. And you can come get it from us on tour. And how do we find Ghost Key online? Uh, so all of our social media is the same handle, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it's all at Ghost Key Band. And we update all of those pretty regularly. Uh, and we definitely encourage people to like try to interact with us because that's a, a big thing for us. We love to chat. Cool. Austin, really appreciate you coming to The Antidote for a talk about Ghost Key. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. This is a great talk.